Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Take 3 Podcast. My name is Brennan, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Alex. We're here on a, a Tuesday afternoon, just coming off a, a Monday night football game. Not really the best Monday night football game that I've ever uh, seen, a 13-10 game in uh, Seattle. The Saints, uh, they don't really impress anybody, but they find a way to just narrowly uh, beat Pete Carroll and his gum chewing and uh, Geno Smith up there in Seattle. It's at the end of the day, it's, it's a good W. I mean, when you look at this week as kind of a whole uh, in review is kind of status quo kind of remained again. I mean, there was no real like super surprise uh, on the slate. I guess you could say surprise was a beat down the way the Tennessee Titans beat down on the chiefs. But I mean, we've seen kind of what the chiefs are giving us lately. And then uh, the Bengals, obviously, I guess there was there was two surprises that and then the Bengals kind of go on the road, tromp the Ravens. I don't really think anybody saw that. We all knew the Bengals could win. But I mean, nobody thought 41 to 17 absolute bottle up Lamar Jackson and dominate. And then, I mean, just on the uh, other scope of things, Denver lets everybody down again. You face Case Keenum. You think for once they'll do something. I got to apologize to Dearness Johnson, too. That guy. Uh, what's the point of paying Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt if you got that guy? That guy seems like he can run pretty damn well out of that backfield. Uh, Denver continues their spiral downhill. Carolina follows as well. They are just abysmal the uh, past couple of weeks. I don't even know what to say. Uh, the Sam Darnold project, I guess when you play the uh, the Texans and the Jets and you play those teams, uh, you can fool people for three weeks. It happens. And then um, we see the Patriots. They score 54 points. It's the Jets. We saw Zach Wilson, PCL sprain. Uh, but the Jets got the shit beat out of them. The Jets are kind of – they're the Jets. Robert Sala took over. Uh, they kind of look like more of the same. So before we really dive into the uh, the topics that I kind of got on hand, um, what did you see out of this week? It was kind of a normal week outside for a couple of things. To be honest, the teams kind of held their uh, held their fort. Yeah, it wasn't a super exciting week with the exception of those two AFC games. <clears throat> the AFC, I feel like we come on here for the recap every week, and the AFC leader is different every week. It keeps getting shaken up. So it's really hard to determine who's the actual best team. We know who the elite teams are, and I think it's funny. I find it interesting. Last week we talked about Cleveland needing to show up on Thursday night or maybe we'll slide them out. Well, they showed up. They got the win. They weren't incredible or anything, but Kansas City got absolutely dominated, looked horrible, and uh, we were talking about sliding the Browns out of the AFC, like top dogs. It's time to slide the Kansas City Chiefs out, which is a crazy statement. I don't think any of us thought that before the season started. Yeah, it's definitely uh, super surprising. Yeah, nobody kind of saw uh, this Kansas City team kind of unravel. We kind of saw a sneak preview of it in the Super Bowl when they got bottled up pretty bad on no, uh, no big plays happening. And we're kind of like, damn, you know, let's just blame it on the O-line. Like, it's definitely the O-line. Like, they'll come in next year, they'll repair the O-line, and then the Chiefs will be back in business. And uh, booming, and that's kind of a, a good spot to start, to be honest. It's I believe it was the first time under Patrick Mahomes. He didn't have a touchdown. He went 20 of 35, 206 yards, no touchdowns, a pick, another kind of weird interception where I don't know if you can really blame him. It bounced off somebody's hands, and then a, a Titans guy dives and picks it off. But, I mean, it's another week where that Chiefs offense just doesn't have any uh, home run plays. When you look at the uh, stat sheet and your leading receiver is a uh, Byron Pringle with five catches for 73 yards, you know that it's probably not a uh, – it's not going to be a good day. And then on the other side of the ball, I mean, you got to give kudos to the Tennessee Titans. Tannehill, uh, pretty efficient, 21 to 27. He had 270, a touchdown and a pick. We saw Derrick Henry. Uh, he was here and, you know, they only let quarterbacks get into the MVP discussions. He said, you know what, I'll play quarterback this week too. He threw a touchdown, none on the ground, but he did get a monster, another 29 carries. 
uh, 86 yards. And then A.J. Brown kind of – he's getting his thing going. You've seen over the past couple of weeks A.J. Brown really get going. Uh, eight catches, a buck 33, and a touchdown. So, I mean, it's this is a good spot to kind of start where we're at. We kind of said it was must-win game for the Chiefs. You don't want to be three and four going forward. Uh, they got the Giants coming up. You would assume that's probably a W, but you still don't want to be in the spot that the Chiefs are. They've looked terrible. And uh, Tennessee has kind of put it all back together as we continued uh, on from last week's. So, I mean, what did you see here? It's really kind of, yeah, as you said, is it time to start just take the Chiefs out of the equation in the AFC with the uh, the amount of teams that we see at the top right now in the AFC? I definitely believe when we're talking about AFC contenders and real shots to represent the conference in the Super Bowl is it's time we not – we take the Kansas City Chiefs out of that conversation. They have just looked so abysmal. And when the offense can't get going, man, do they look like a bad football team because we all know how bad that defense is. And it's funny because, you know, the Chiefs know exactly what teams are going to do against them. They know exactly how they're going to defend them as well. And yet there's no real coaching adjustments. Uh, I harped on Andy Reid in the Super Bowl. I thought he should have came out in the second half and threw short, quick passes every single uh, passing down, just get the ball out of your hands really fast, reminiscent of like those New England Patriots teams with Tom Brady when uh, the weapons and the line wasn't very good. Tom was releasing the ball like within three seconds of the snap. I thought the Chiefs needed to play like that, but we saw no coaching adjustments. Now, fast forward, we're seven weeks into this season, and I feel like we're not seeing proper adjustments. You know they're going to do two high safeties to, uh, so you don't get beat over the top through uh, Tyreek Hill, and then they want to cover Travis Kelsey in the middle, and they want the Chiefs to beat you by – not getting chunk yardage plays, which is what they're so good at. And so they keep doing that. And we saw it in the Super Bowl and we've seen it time and time again this year. And then the Chiefs defensively are just so bad. Their linebacking core is so atrocious. They just they can't cover anything. Ten, they knew Tennessee was going to come in here, play action pass, A.J. Brown, and the linebackers just can't cover them. Like they know exactly what they're going to do, and it just doesn't matter. The Chiefs, the roster is just a mess. And in my, in going into the offseason, uh, the Chiefs can recover and make a wild card spot, I think, but they're not going to actually do anything. I, I, they're just not good enough defensively. And they don't score enough points like uh, regularly to just get it done in the playoffs. So I'm completely out on the Chiefs. Uh, the linebacking core is so bad. The, when the offense can't get going, they really have nothing. And just if you're Kansas City in the offseason, it might be time to maybe trade Hill and Kelsey and just redo the whole team. Obviously, you keep Mahomes and you just structure around that massive contract. But they're going to have a hard time building Super Bowl contenders when you're paying Mahomes that much money. It's going to be tough moving forward. Yeah, the uh, the Chiefs got to got to figure something out. Yeah, everybody points at the defense and at the defense, but it's really uh, when you have a team that is a four hundred million dollar quarterback uh, and the weapons that they have, it's kind of on the offense to really put it together and kind of mask how bad uh, that defense is. I mean, when you look in hindsight, they didn't let Derrick Henry really go off twenty nine carries, eighty six yards. We all just assumed Derrick Henry would have his way. It'll be another buck fifty. I think I even said uh, in the preview last week, yeah, it's an easy buck fifty. Like I'm already penciling in two touchdowns at one hundred and fifty yards. For oh, yeah. Henry. And I'm sorry to cut you off, but the crazy part is Vegas had his prop at like 120 and a half yards, which is incredibly high. Exactly. And then when you look at them up 27, right, it's 27, nothing. You figure it's going to be a heavy dosage 
of Derrick Henry, and he's going to be able to break down that defense. And there was little rumors of players on the Chiefs defense kind of quitting. Chris Jones got questioned. Forget who 21 is. I want to say maybe Legereus Sneed. Don't uh, quote me, but there was a play where he kind of pulled up. So you're kind of seeing some definitely – there's definitely some locker room. I think there's some locker room stuff going on in Kansas City. But, yeah, I mean, your offense, you can't have two fumbles lost and interception. You can't lose the turnover battle three to one when your defense is uh, – that bad you just haven't seen there's no um i don't even really know the word continuity you don't see any like there's no chemistry that's what it is no there, there's not a lot of chemistry there's not a lot of flow that we've seen in the past and i think it's kind of funny when you looked at the chiefs they revamped that o-line and really is that o-line is it that much better it's funny when you look at the ravens who's like you figure the ravens and lamar jackson are gonna be battling with mahomes and the chiefs and they just send them orlando brown to play left tackle like it's nothing he's been pretty horrible it's it's super uh they added him and it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to be like, this is the guy. This is the guy. Yeah, Thune and Thune's obviously, I believe he has a broke thumb or a broke hand. He's kind of battling through that. But it just seems, yeah, the Chiefs are in. Um, yeah, they're going to have to get creative. Andy Reid, we've known this. He's not a uh, he's not an adjuster. We've seen it. Everybody that's watched Andy Reid. I mean, there's a lot of 12 year olds that just tuned into football today and they've never they don't understand the backstory of Andy Reid. But he's never been known as an adjuster. Right. I mean, through his Eagles days, that was kind of his downfall in Philadelphia. And you're slowly I don't know. I mean, it's not going to happen that quick, but you're kind of seeing this thing unravel as this is going to be his downfall in Kansas City is when everybody fig- figures out plan A which is uh, just bomb balls deep and beat them over the top with track stars and Hardman and Hill. Uh, and he won't be able to adjust and kind of attack underneath, get those guys going uh, horizontally across the field rather than vertical. Um, yeah. There's just not a lot going there. It's uh, it's troubling when you're one year into your $400 million quarterbacks uh, contract and you're now sitting at three and four, you gotta be, uh, you gotta be concerned if you're a chiefs fan, I would say. Yeah, and just seeing Andy Reid's team break down and not make adjustments and, like, see teams <clears throat> figure them out three three or four years into this Patrick Mahomes thing, honestly just makes me appreciate the Belichick-Brady era because they went through multiple different styles of football, always adjusted to the strengths of their roster. And, like, you would think that's common sense, right, for coaching, but, like, to you seeing so many elite teams not be able to – adjust properly and it just kind of puts into perspective how special that like tandem was for 20 years I know that's like a side topic but it just points it out to me even more when I see because the Kansas City Chiefs are so talented offensively but they were talking about months down the road and they're still not adjusting so it's it's mind-boggling yeah that's also a a kudos to Tom Brady who was always uh pretty much underpaid through his entire Patriots tenure and even to this day he's still taking pay cuts so that pieces can stay around him you look at when a quarterback takes up uh that much of the cap when he's taken up 60 percent of your cap or even 50 percent of your cap it kind of to fill out the rest of a roster uh it becomes a, a tedious task to really add quality parts and it really forces your uh, gm to draft well and really put everything around that uh, through the draft because you're not going to have a lot of flexibility <clears throat> in uh in free agency to do anything so i mean it's a continuing story but yeah i'd be with you as of now i'd kind of pull the chiefs uh, really out of this uh, as a contender in the AFC. They've kind of unraveled fast. But, I mean, yeah, to move off of that, to move on to a uh, another squad, a kind of team that might even have surged in and kind of stolen uh, the Chiefs' spot, it was uh, the, the Bengals, Cincinnati Bengals, hell of a performance on Sunday. They go on the road to Baltimore. They've been quoted as building this defense to uh, shut down a guy like Lamar. I heard that from a Bengals fan. He said they built the defense to shut down Lamar and kind of bottle him up. And honestly, on uh, Saturday, they kind of they kind of did that. The, they jumped out early. 
uh, early and often. They got Joe Burrow going. They got a, a hell of a game out of Jamar Chase, man. That was like eight catches, 200 yards, and I think it was two touchdowns, I want to say. Uh, he did his thing. But, yeah, it just looked like, I mean, the Bengals came out and they did their thing. They really surprised the hell out of me. Like, I didn't think – I went Ravens six and a half. I kind of thought it was one of those games where uh, we, we would kind of buy in a little bit to the Bengals, but then they'd kind of unravel. This is their first like, game on a stage like this on the road against the team uh, that's kind of ran the division throughout the course of the past 10 years, at least. Um, but yeah, what'd you say? It was kind of Lamar and the Ravens. They came back to, uh, to life a little bit, no turnovers or no, no interceptions out of Lamar, but 15 to 31, 257 and a touchdown. He had an 88 on the ground. Um, he hit a beautiful ball to, uh, uh, Hollywood in the end zone, hell of a, a toe tap by Hollywood, but it just seemed like all bangles early and often, especially when uh, Jamar Chase is going to be uh, beating Marlon Humphrey all day as a rookie. That's kind of a scary sight to see if you're a Ravens fan. And if you're a Bengals fan, you got to be excited to see a guy who everybody was saying he can't catch the ball in a preseason and training camp. Uh, I'd say through seven weeks, man, he can sure as hell catch the ball. Uh, what'd you see here? Oh yeah. Jamar Chase is the real deal <clears throat> in the, preview show when we leading up into this season we talked about the Cincinnati Bengals being better but not quite there yet Joe Burrow has made a huge leap uh coming off injury and I want to apologize because I was incredibly wrong about the draft pick I said I was in the camp of you should take Sewell protect your franchise quarterback uh get that offensive line better plus T Higgins I think is going to have a breakout year uh second year in the league uh off full offseason this isn't that Entirely wrong. Jamar Chase is one of one, incredibly special. He was the right pick. Him and Burrow are going to be so good, hopefully for a long time. But I was just so impressed with Cincinnati. I've been impressed with them all year. And I took them to cover the spread because I thought division game is going to be close. Cincinnati stays competitive even if they don't win. But, man, to come out to Baltimore and beat the brakes off them was incredibly impressive because I've been so high on this Baltimore Ravens team all year. Uh, they had the bad over overtime gave away the game against the Raiders to start, and then they rattled off five in a row. And they've been resilient in those wins. They've looked good. They've won in different ways. So I've been so high on Baltimore. But to see Cincinnati win in the fashion that they did, that was a statement game. They've arrived. They're here. They're legitimate contenders. They're uh, leading the AFC North right now, a, team, a division that has Baltimore and Cleveland. Most people thought they were the two Super Bowl contenders out of the AFC North. Maybe it's actually Cincinnati. Uh, nothing but praise for Cincinnati. I still like the Ravens. They'll bounce back. I wouldn't be surprised if they beat Cincinnati later on down the road. That's going to be a good game to watch later on. But, man, nothing but praise for Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and then that Bengals defense. They've been so good against the run. And uh, when you're playing a quarterback like Lamar Jackson in the Baltimore Ravens, it's very important to be good against the run. And nothing but praise for the Cincinnati Bengals team. I'm excited to see where they go after this because the expectations are now here. They have arrived. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they really, they bottled up. They didn't give up any, uh, any home runs uh, against the run right Often teams will give up a home run play against Lamar. They'll let somebody slip. And uh, they really only gave up the one bomb to uh, Hollywood, the 40-yard the pass. That kind of, I was like, all right, here we go. Like, the Ravens are going to come back. It was 17. I think it was, yeah, that would made it 17-13. Uh, uh, wow. 17-13, uh, Cincy. And then Cincy, you know, I mean, they came all out after that, hit Jamar Chase. Uh, and Uzama, CJ Uzama, National Tight End Day. That man had a day as well. I think he had two touchdowns as well. He kind of did his thing, but yeah, it's just a weird game. When you look at the Ravens, like they didn't turn the ball over. They, uh, they obviously the five sacks allowed are kind of concerning. Usually Lamar is able to uh, get out 
and kind of escape a lot of those sacks, but they had time of possession. Uh, it was just the game where Cincinnati, they kind of dialed it up and that's uh, that's how it's going to be. Yeah. I think it's time we got to start respecting Cincinnati. It's super weird to uh, say, but I'll give them, I'll give them credit where credit's due. They had everything rolling uh, going into a game on the road where it's kind of like, we don't know uh, what they'll do, but I mean, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, that connection, uh, it's definitely, it's definitely going to be a special one. I mean, if you're a, a Bengals fan, you got to be excited. Yeah. I'll definitely say it through seven weeks. I was wrong as well. I was on the Panaya Sewell train as well. Take him as well. Yeah, protect the quarterback. But hey, the, the Bengals front office, they might have finally got one right. Right. It's so weird for a front office that often whiffs to uh, get one right because uh, Jamar Chase, he seems like a uh, a very special wide receiver. And then uh, Jem Mixon and Samaj Perrine, they also put up touchdowns each. So it was just really all Bengals. It was weird. I thought the Ravens would – it's those games where we saw over the past five weeks, maybe it caught up with the Ravens where you get down and you get a fire back. Uh, sometimes you run out of ammo, right? You can't always uh, fire back, especially when a defense is, uh, is game, right? We got to give credit to the Bengals' defense as well. They were game getting after Lamar and uh, just doing their thing. So after a game where the Bengals dominated the Ravens and the Titans dominated the Chiefs, mixed up the AFC again, uh, who would you say is your number one contender in the AFC right now? It's kind of all mixed and matched. And uh, if you were to rank the top couple teams, how would you rank them? Um, I'm trying to think. I would still have the Bills at the top. Like the Bills would still be my the Bills would be my number one. Obviously, they lost in Tennessee, but it's like it's a weird uh, spiral of emotions to go on the road, beat. Uh, beat the, um, the the Chiefs on the road and then play the Titans on the road uh, on Monday Night Football. Weird turnaround. So I did the Bills first. Um, honestly, Titans, Chargers, Titans, Chargers, Ravens. That's like 2A, 2B, 2C, to be honest. You could really flip-flop them anyway. I kind of – it's weird. I'm still going to go with the Ravens. Like, I'm not going to get too bought in. I've seen I, – I like what I've seen out of Lamar Jackson. Just think this was a one-week thing. It kind of happened. So I'd probably go Ravens, Chargers, Titans. Yeah, so Bills, Ravens, Chargers – and then the uh, Titans, for sure. I like where Herbert was. As I said, last week was kind of just like one of those weeks where you win a 47-42 game and then you go on the road, you're bound to get your ass kicked in uh, <laughs> in this league. And then, yes, yeah, since he would kind of be like right in there with the Titans, I'd say I'd have to mix them in there, like right around with the Titans. Going to keep watching them because like we don't know. Hey, they'll some, maybe they'll fall off the face of the earth somehow. But uh, I like since he's definitely trending up, like another couple weeks like this, they might surge into the top three. But I would definitely have – uh, Josh Allen and the Bills at the uh, top of the AFC crop, I'd say. I'm going to have to agree with you entirely on the Bills point. <clears throat> I believe last week I put Baltimore above Buffalo, and Buffalo came off that very close Monday night loss against Tennessee. And like we said, it was an emotion coming off the emotional Kansas City game. So, and Buffalo still almost won that game on the road. So, I would have said it was still Baltimore if they handled business against Cincinnati, but. If you get if you get beat, the brakes beaten off you at home, I can't put you at that number one spot. I still think it's Buffalo. And then, yeah, I'm right there. I think it's Tennessee, the Chargers, Baltimore. They're all right there. And then the Bengals and the Browns. But, like, what's so interesting to me about that is Baltimore, Cincinnati, and Cleveland are all in the same division. So that'll work itself out because we're going to see them match up many more times, and we'll figure out who's the best out of those. But – as of right now, I think Buffalo is the best one, and I'm still going to put Baltimore second, even though they got their they got their butts kicked against Cincinnati. I still like the Ravens. I think they'll bounce back. But yeah, I think the team to beat is Buffalo. It's Josh Allen and the Bills for sure. 
backs and they got that crowd. Yeah, I just find it. I don't know. It's like as well as Tennessee is playing, it's like when I look at these teams, I just have to look at yeah, the quarterbacks. When it comes down to playoff football, it comes down to the quarterbacks in a sense. And it's like, I, I no offense to Ryan Tendall, but I'm going to take Lamar and I'm going to take Herbert uh, over them. I'll kind of, it's like, it, it's tough. Uh, Joe Burrow surging so fast that you give it another week or two. I'd probably say if Burrow keeps looking good, I'd take Joe Burrow. It's just, I'm not, uh, I'm not entirely bought into Ryan Tannehill, but I like where the Titans are trending as an entire team. But I mean, when you're looking at like trying to look down the road at playoffs and you give a coach a week to kind of scheme it up, we've seen the Titans downfall in the playoffs uh, time and time again, uh, ends up at the quarterback position. Yeah, I'm right there with you. The elite quarterbacks will make the difference down the road when the games really matter the most. And that's why I like Josh Allen. I like there's just so many young elite quarterbacks in the AFC and it just hurts Tennessee that like Ryan Tannehill is very good, but he's not elite. And there's a fine line there. Um, Yeah, exactly. All right. So let's uh, let's keep it rolling. Let's move into uh, Sunday night football real quick. It was kind of the mud bowl. Uh, Not really. I mean, it was ridiculously rainy. In uh, San Fran, Carson Wentz leads the Colts on the road, uh, 30 to 18 W on Sunday Night Football. Not the cleanest game. I mean, he was able to launch balls up. It was hilarious just launching balls up and getting pass interference calls. I think at one point he had like 100 yards passing and they had 97 yards worth of uh, pass interference yards. I don't even know if that's entirely true, but I swear I heard Collinsworth say that uh, on the uh, broadcast. But I mean, yeah, it's just kind of another week. This is a game where if you're a, uh, Colts fan, you got to be happy. Carson Wentz puts on the two gloves, plays in the rain, and just does his thing, finds a way to get a W. Jimmy Garoppolo on the other side looked like an absolute disaster. Uh, touchdown, two picks. The last one was really bad. Ball just slips out of his hands. It's like uh, you can't have that happen. Uh, Elijah Mitchell looked good. I mean, he put up 18 carries, 107 yards, and a touchdown. But then you look at Jonathan Taylor as well. Wow, they had the exact same stat line. Jonathan Taylor also had 18 carries, a buck uh seven and a touchdown Michael Pittman did his thing it's kind of if you're a 49ers fan you got to be concerned and then if you're a um Colts fan you got to be excited Carson Wentz kind of put it together only had really one dumbass play where he I guess it wasn't an interception like uh, I guess they considered it a fumble loss but he literally uh, they changed it yeah I don't know in my stats I'm keeping stats on this podcast at least that's an (laughs) that's an interception that's about as clear like he literally did the Mahomes fling the ball forward and uh, there is an interception, but I guess in the NFL, they got to keep the stats for the QBs looking good. But I mean, other than that, he's been on point the past three weeks, past four weeks. Great football. Uh, Colts three and four, they're kind of surging. Uh, obviously, the Titans are five and two, but I mean, the Colts are trying to battle back and get themselves in the mix for a wild card. And uh, yeah, what'd you see here when you're looking at uh, San Fran's kind of going the other way as well? We were both high on them preseason and um, everything's going the opposite way now. Yeah, this was an interesting Sunday night game. Uh, definitely affected by the weather. Uh, Jonathan Taylor fumble, very first touch. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's last pass was that interception right out of his hand. Carson Wentz, the one that you said is an interception that got for some stupid reason was switched to a fumble. That it's just right out of his hands. The weather was a huge factor in this game, but it it was interesting. Uh, this Indianapolis team is rounding into form. It's what I expected to see. Like Carson Wentz, not like crazy big numbers, but pretty efficient a really good run game a good defense and they'd be a pretty damn good team with a shot to beat anybody on any given Sunday and I think they're rounding into form the Colts started really slow uh Carson Wentz is still working through some of those demons from last year kind of 
getting back into form, getting comfortable with Frank Reich, that offense. They got Quentin Nelson playing. He's healthy. He's getting going and everything. So the Colts are starting to roll. Uh, They lost to the Titans already, but they got one more matchup with them. That would put them only half a game behind, uh, theoretically, if they beat them, right? And you never know. The Indianapolis Colts could keep pace for that division. They're probably going to be a wild card team. I doubt it, but they have a chance still. This was the Colts team I expected to see. If I'm a Colts fan, I'm encouraged. I feel good today. Uh, Carson Wentz is starting to look better and better. Uh, he hasn't looked great or anything, but he's looking better and better. And each week you're seeing actual improvement. So the point arrows pointing up for the Colts. I'm happy with the Colts. They're coming around uh, and they're going to be a dark horse AFC team. I don't think they're going to be able when it matters most to beat Herbert or Lamar or any of those teams we talked about, but the, the league is weird. It's an any given Sunday league and the Colts are capable of winning any game. And on the other end, the 49ers, I am very disappointed with the 49ers. They sit at two and four heading into the year. They were my pick for the NFC West. Uh, incredibly tough division, but they've had a lot of injuries and they just haven't played well. They haven't really put it together. And no one's really questioning Kyle Shanahan to say his job's on the hot seat or Lynch as GM. But since they've both been there, they've only had one really one good winning season. And to be fair, it was an incredibly successful season. They represent the NFC was very close to winning the Super Bowl. So it was almost a perfect season for him. But Every other season's been injury riddled and hasn't gone well. I don't know if you're the Niners and you're seeing this ownership, I doubt they do anything because they just invested a bunch of picks into Trey Lance. But is there any weird scenario where you think Shanahan or John Lynch's seats are hot at the end of the year? If they have, if it just keeps going badly the rest of the way. No, I mean, John Lynch probably, uh, I mean, they're pro- those guys are probably safe. But yeah, as you mentioned, I mean, uh, we all regard Kyle Shanahan as kind of this offensive genius and like this great, this great head coach. And yeah, he's only had one winning season as a head coach. And it was that Super Bowl year. Every other season's been uh, any way you spin it. You don't like they don't put asterisks in the record books if there's injuries. Like every team in the NFL is going to have injuries. He's going to be beat up. The great coaches kind of find a way to scheme around it and uh, find a way to get it done. But, yeah, I mean, I'd say they're at least fine through uh, next year, right? I'd assume that at some point Trey Lance gets back healthy and uh, it might be kind of his gig to really get him uh, prepared for next year. I think they're going to eventually just punt on this season when you're sitting two and four and the division leaders, you're looking at the Rams, one loss team, then obviously undefeated uh, Cardinals through seven games. Yeah, so I'd say those guys are safe. But, yeah, it's just so interesting if we were both so high on them and they just look terrible yeah the secondaries beat up uh the pass rush i thought that honestly uh, the secondary i thought they'd get that maybe that super bowl level pass rush back and really attack quarterbacks and do what they did during that year but uh <clears throat> clearly we haven't seen it i mean they still have the run game uh they really haven't they kind of missed george kittle george kittle's kind of we're seeing him kind of self-destruct year by year now he kind of had two good years and uh, honestly, watching that, it kind of makes me respect Gronk's run even more because of how durable he was through his uh, prime where he was putting up all those thousand yard seasons. We're kind of seeing George Kittle have one or two good years and now he can't seem to stay on the field at that position. So they've really lacked a, uh, a, a number two. Debo Samuel has been pretty damn good. But I mean, Brandon Ayuk, who was how highly regarded when they drafted him, he hasn't really been it. I mean, obviously, Mohamed Sanu's old. They just haven't found a second target. Uh, that they're really tr- that they really trust without George Kittle uh, being there and yeah Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't been uh, he hasn't been very good he kind of seems like that quarterback that we saw in the preseason no confidence and uh, yeah everything's going downhill for them I like where the Colts are going though Carson Wentz is kind of spinning the ball 
uh, similar to that, uh, that MVP year. I kind of like where he's uh, at. He seems to be getting more comfortable week by week, uh, making uh, besides the one bonehead throw. I liked how he kind of, he's willing to scramble and make plays as uh, similar as he wasn't in the past. He'd kind of sit in the pocket and just get drilled or do some scrambling out to the sidelines and try to throw up a prayer, but he's kind of running the rock around. So I like where the Colts are uh, trending and yeah, I agree. They might be, they'll be battling for a wild card. I don't know if they'll get it. But uh, they'll definitely be there in the mix as long as Carson Wentz continues to uh, take steps forward. Obviously, the ankles week by week will just get better as uh, we've seen over the past four games. And uh, yeah, it's like a tale of two th- teams. We see one team kind of going forward and then we see the 49ers kind of going the opposite way and almost going to be punting for uh, for next year. Yeah, and I think that that last sentence you said, the two teams going opposite directions, that's what made the Sunday night game so interesting heading into it because Really, it felt like the loser of this game season was done, basically. So shout out to the Colts for continuing their season. Yeah, the 49ers are an uphill battle anyway with uh, the card. The Cardinals just being unstoppable, yep. uh, just winning all those games. Yeah, they are behind the eight ball. Um, Let's move into uh, – we got late afternoon Sunday. We'll obviously just glance over this a little bit. The uh, Tampa Bay Bucks, 38-3. to just absolute beatdown of the uh, Chicago Bears. Really, the only reason to talk about it, Tom Brady, congratulations. 600 career touchdown passes. Kind of uh, remarkable what he's been able to do. He kind of he, he breaks Drew Brees' yards record, and then he does the touchdowns. Uh, he's just kind of, yeah, he's having fun. 44 years old, and he's still uh, he's doing his thing. Uh, the Bucks continue their surge up 6-1. and one. Um, and then you look at the other side of the ball, it's kind of Justin Fields, tough day back there. Um, interceptions, three picks, a lot of fumbles. Uh, it's just, nothing's looking good. I mean, Matt Nagy. Yeah. He's just kind of not it. And when you're looking at an O-line, I saw a lot of people, especially in a group chat, I'm just ripping on Justin Fields, but I mean, we're in 2021 and and Jason Peters is your starting left tackle. It's like, you had to know it was going to be bad. Like I knew it was going to be bad when uh, Justin Fields had one career start and he was the second most sacked quarterback in football. It's like, you just, that's how bad that line is. Um, yeah. They're kind of, they're, they're bad. Khalil Herbert though. I mean, 18 carries hundred yards. He's pretty explosive. And uh, when you're missing uh, David Montgomery back there, it's kind of, it's kind of good to see that Khalil Herbert's doing his thing. But other than that, I mean, the bears are just, they, they look abysmal. It's kind of all Buccaneers. Tom Brady does his thing and other four touchdowns. Leonard Fournette keeps it going, 81 yards and a touchdown on the ground. And then, uh, yeah, I guess shout out Mike Evans, three touchdowns, and then him giving away Tom Brady's 600th touchdown. That was uh, pretty hilarious. Everybody saying the fans should have kept it. And it's like, I guarantee if you try to keep that ball, I said it in a group chat, the security probably takes you away and you probably get nothing for that football. And, uh, yeah, you just have a story to tell of how you got heisted for Tom Brady's 600 touchdown. So it's probably good that he cracked the deal. I mean, he got a Bitcoin. He got a bunch of signed stuff. Um, I would have maybe strong-armed him into, like, season tickets for life to get the ball. I mean, he got two years' worth of season tickets. But, I mean, uh, it's, all, it's all fun and games. I mean, he walks out with – I mean, everybody says 500 grand. He could have probably got that. But, I mean, if we're all being honest, he wasn't getting out of that stadium with that, uh, with that football. But uh, which uh, would you see? to be fair for that guy, he's got a chance of it turning into 500 grand with the one Bitcoin. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You save that Bitcoin up, you might get 500 grand. Right. So yep. I mean, he didn't make out with it with a bad haul at the end of the day. I mean, people say you could have made more. Yeah, you can make more. You can get more for anything in life. You just don't know uh, with the way Bitcoin's going. I hey, take your chance on that. But I mean, what'd you see there? The Bucks kind of 
they looked awful against the Rams. They kind of didn't have it, but they're kind of just now they're back to status quo. Tom Brady back in a stat pad mode doing his thing. Um, yeah, the Bucks kind of saying uh, Cardinals might be undefeated, but don't uh, you might want to keep your money on us in the NFC. Yeah, uh, to any betters out there, it's smart to bet on Tom Brady in the playoffs. Let's just <laughs> – I would still take the Bucks as the best team in the NFC. The Cardinals are right there. I don't want to disrespect them. They're 7-0. They are right there. They might be better than them. But I'll go with the seven-time Super Bowl champion and the defending champs with Tom Brady and the Bucks. And then I just feel for Justin Fields, man. Matt Nagy sucks. The offensive line sucks. Um, he's in a really lose-lose situation right now. Hopefully – they get rid of Nagy. He has a real offseason. He can get a real coaching staff behind him, and <clears throat> he can turn it around. But we've seen young quarterbacks get ruined all the time. So hope, I just hope Justin Fields isn't ruined. And uh, the one silver lining for the Bears is, like, uh, you brought it up, Herbert looks good, 18 rushes, 100 yards. Uh, <clears throat> I think he's shown enough to where he's still going to get some work even when David Montgomery comes back. So good for him. Yeah, he can kind of uh, be the guy. And, yeah, they've really got to uh, – yeah. Get rid of Matt Nagy, maybe ship off Khalil Mack. The Khalil Mack thing really hasn't worked out to what they thought it was going to work out when they brought him in. Uh, to really, that defense hasn't been really that uh, that great when you look at his numbers over the course. When guys like Zedaria Smith have uh, probably been more productive and are thought of uh, as a lesser pass rusher. So yeah, the Bears they kind of they they got to maybe invest every draft pick in some O line and really set the team up with the coach and uh, some offensive guys to uh, get Justin Fields jump-started heading into next year. But, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, going into the playoffs, my money's on Tom Brady. I'm not betting against Tom Brady. I don't care if he has to go to Arizona. I don't care <laughs> if they play the game. I don't care if they got to play at a neutral site. Yeah, yeah my money's going to be on Tom Brady until he gets uh, until he gets knocked off and he's looking better than uh, really he might have. We can say better than he really ever has. He's kind of having fun. He's enjoying himself. And, uh, yeah, the Bucks are on the, uh, the upswing. Um. Yeah, really. Last game on the uh, docket, just because uh, we got a big time Jameis Winston guy here. Uh, Saints they go on the road. Not really, uh, not really a great game, but I mean, hey, in the NFL, if you do enough, they count as a win. Thirteen ten win uh, in Seattle. Um, I mean, would you say four and two? The Saints are kind of up there. They got burnt by DK Metcalf, and that was really probably the only highlight of the day for the <laughs> for the Seahawks, to be honest. <laughs> There wasn't much. I mean, obviously, you know, when Russell Wilson's not there, uh, nothing is really going to be going on. But, I mean, I guess good W, way not to cover for the Saints. I kind of came on here last yeah. week, said Saints four and a half, dude. That's easy money. Um, Should have been. Exactly. I mean, that's why Vegas is undefeated, right, you would think. <clears throat> but, I mean, it's just Jekyll and Hyde Saints team. Even at games that they win, they don't really look uh, – that great Camara 20 carries 51 yards, but he did have 10 catches and a buck 28 through the, uh, through the air. So he kind of did his thing really. He was the, the main guy on offense. And then uh, Winston's, I mean, what'd you see here? It's another win. And uh, the Seahawks are kind of, they're another team, just they're trending out of this thing. Probably they're out of this thing. Let's be honest. Yeah. Seattle's at five losses through seven weeks. They're done as far as I'm concerned, but for the saints, uh, the defense played well, you give up one huge play to DK Metcalf in the beginning of the game <clears throat> and the rest of the way, you only give up one field goal. There were some missed field goal attempts, but the saints defense played well for the most part on the road, hostile environment, national, uh, nationally televised game, Seattle. That's a tough place to play even without Russell Wilson. But to me, it's the saints offense. That's really the story of the team, right? <clears throat> 
<clears throat> you've seen weeks where they came out and dominated the Green Bay Packers. That clearly looks like an outlier seven weeks into the season. And then you saw them get their ass kicked against Sam Darnold and the Panthers, which feels like an outlier because they're trending in the wrong direction. Um, I'm not really happy with this Saints team. I thought their offense would be better. I'm happy with their record and that they're squeaking out these wins. But, man, they're just – figuring out ways to win, but they they don't look good doing it. Jameis is getting to air the ball out a little bit more. He's gone over 200 yards the last few games, but they're four and two and Jameis won just, this is another W for Jameis without an interception. Um, I, I expected more out of Jameis, but the expectations have been tampered down now through seven weeks. I still feel good about the Saints team making a wild card spot. Uh, 12 wins is too high, but I said, I had him at 12 and I said that was the high end. I think they can achieve at least 10 and get a wild card spot. And I feel that's still very much on the table. If you go through their schedule, uh, nine to 10 wins is very achievable. They're going to lose more games. They're going to lose to the Bucs. They have tough opponents, but their schedule is soft enough to where they can they can squeak in and be a wild card team. And that's kind of what I expected out of them. They're not better than the Bucs. They're not one of the elite NFC teams. But at this point, I think they can be a wild card team. And I still think they can hit 10 wins. Uh, I just expected more out of this offense. Maybe Michael Thomas can give them a little boost of life in a couple of weeks, but that's really their only shot. Yeah, Michael Thomas will surely give them like a, a solid a solid target, right, other than Alvin Kamara in that offense. It's kind of really the whole offense is Alvin Kamara. No real disrespect to Marquez Callaway, but, I mean, Michael Thomas, a uh, little better receiver than Marquez Callaway is, kind of sure hands we've seen it. And uh, Sean Payton is certainly obviously comfortable with him. Yeah, I mean, Sean Payton's just kind of – it continues week by week because he's not going to let uh, Jameis really overdo it in this offense. He's going to protect him. He's going to run the ball 20 times with uh, – Alvin Kamara, obviously, it might be tough against some of the better teams when you play the Bucs and you get down scores. I don't know how much you're really going to uh, be able to do that. But, yeah, he just uh, – the offense is very uh, very vanilla. He's protecting Jameis Winston, not letting him do uh, too much. But, I mean, if you can get a clean week with no picks out of Jameis on the road in Seattle on a Monday night in the rain, you kind of – you take that and then you walk out over there with a uh, – with the W, but I mean, the good thing for the Saints is, yeah, I mean, I think I really went low on them. I think I gave them six wins. That was kind of some disrespect. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree they could get their four wins through uh, six weeks worth of game or seven weeks worth of games. Um, yeah, they could easily be a nine or ten win club. We'll see how the everything unfolds. And then the good thing about the Saints is we really get to find out uh, next week. They play the Bucks next week at home in the Superdome. Uh, Tom Brady's coming to town. So, I mean, it could – uh we could see really their uh, Sean Payton's kind of game plan of protecting Jameis really get uh, exposed and he might have to go out of the bag if Tom Brady comes out and uh, starts putting up numbers and they're suddenly down 14, nothing, 17, nothing. It really could force uh, Sean Payton's hand, but yeah, I mean, he's protected him. The defense did their thing though. I mean, that's really what the team's been this year. It's been smart offense, not turning the ball over and uh, letting that defense, I believe they're a top five unit so far, just uh, do their thing and really carry it. And you'd hope the defense can bottle up uh, Geno Smith. So uh, yes, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. So uh, yeah, I'd say shout out saints. They kind of surprised me a little bit, but I definitely didn't think that this would be the style of offense when I made my prediction. Uh, I thought that Jameis would have a little more, I thought it was going to be, yeah, he would have a little bit more like uh airing it out really like him doing some crazy shit but that's a uh, that's i guess that's kudos to sean payton that's why he's on the sidelines on sundays and i'm at home because uh, he has Jameis winston at four and two winning ball games when uh, bruce arians could not do that but, yeah uh, and uh 
I, I agree. I thought they were going to air the ball out more. I just thought the offense, because like Drew Brees' arm did not look good the last two seasons. I thought he was going to get back to maybe a more vertical offense. We just haven't seen it. He's completing only like 59% of his passes. But the big number, 13 touchdowns, three interceptions. If I told you that before the season starts, six weeks in, four and two, 13 and three, you would call me a liar. Yeah, I would have laughed. I would have laughed in your face, to be honest. <laughs> I think but, you did, actually. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's clean football. Um, yeah, that's really it on the slate. I mean, there's, I guess, Carolina, they're kind of done. Sam Darnold looks like shit. Um, <laughs> Arizona keeps it going 31 to 5. W over Houston. It's Houston, but uh, you still got to play the football games. Uh, shout out to the Lions for uh, covering. You know, what I mean, they kind of really gave the Rams a run for their money. And then eventually, I don't know, they said, let's let Cooper Cup run free down the middle of the field. And, um, yeah, good play by Matt Stafford to kind of look off the safety. But, I mean, everything other than what we touched on, kind of everything went status quo. Aaron Rodgers keeps it rolling. Uh, another W over there for those guys. They're sitting at 6-1. and one. Uh, They kind of really – it looks back to that week one was kind of an anomaly because they've put it all together and kind of looks good. Um, yeah, the, the, the league is really kind of uh, – it's kind of really shaping up. We're kind of we're kind of getting to the point. I mean, the bad teams are – they're starting to trend downwards. Uh, anything really else to wrap up week seven before we kind of go over the uh, spread picks? There's only one other team that even comes to mind of like anything being interesting at all. And it's the one in six Miami Dolphins because they dropped to a poor Atlanta team by two points. And it's just because there was real expectations for this Miami team heading into this season to miss some games. But I expected more out of the coaching staff from Flores and the roster in general. Do you I mean, there's already the rumors about getting off to it, maybe going for Deshaun. But, like, if you're Miami, would you make that trade? Or do you think Flores and Tua are in the hot seat at all? Or, like, what do you do if you're Miami? I mean, they'll probably make that trade. They'll just force that trade and give Flores another year, I'd imagine it. I don't really think you should because, as I said, you can look at teams like the Chargers who have built teams around uh, their quarterback and really set up their uh, – set up Justin Herbert, build a no-line build no around him, got Rashawn Slater and went on that Corey Lindsley to play center. They've kind of put everything – around uh, him and you really haven't seen the Dolphins do that I mean they went out and they got Jalen Waddle and he's uh kind of yeah he's kind of done his thing but I don't think on the offensive the offensive line is still bad and then uh, that defense really hasn't lived up to expectations in Miami to where uh, yeah Brian Flores he was a one-time uh, code I think he was at least he was like de facto defensive coordinator in uh, New England with Bill Belichick and uh, so you'd expect him to uh, have a defensive scheme dialed up ready to go and uh, this year they kind of haven't been in. I mean, two of 32 of 42, 91, four touchdowns, two picks. Obviously, you got to clean up the two picks. But as I've said, it's kind of he catches a lot of slander and Brian Flores just kind of gets to ride off into the sunset week by week. And it's, yeah, Tua's got to go. Tua sucks. Tua this, the hip. And it's like maybe we have to start – I'm going to say week after week, like maybe it's time for Brian Flores to, to give it up because, uh, I mean, I don't know. If I was them, I wouldn't be giving up. I mean, you have so much flexibility, right? You bring in Deshaun Watson, you're going to have that monster contract. So you better have everything ready to go, right? And uh, I don't know. Their offensive line still isn't great, and it's not going to be any better if you bring in a quarterback on a uh, on a huge contract like Watson has. You kind of have that flexibility with Tua to add to the O-line through free agency and really build it up. So I wouldn't give up on Tua, but honestly, I, would, I could see them doing it. They will do it in a heartbeat if the uh, price comes down even a little bit. I wouldn't give up on Tua either, at least not give up on him for Deshaun Watson. That contract, you lose picks, you lose assets, but 
<clears throat> I do agree with you that Miami would do it in a heartbeat, and I think they will if they get the chance. <clears throat> Same thing for Carolina. Those are supposedly the two teams, but Deshaun really prefers Miami. That's the one team he said he wants to go to. But also, yeah, the Brian Flores thing. I asked you because I know how you felt about Flores, and I think you're right because, like, if you listen to the national media and, like, there's a love fest with Brian Flores. He doesn't really seem to get a lot of blame. Uh, I don't know about the local Miami media. Maybe they are harsher on him, but the national media seems to, like, it's always two as fault, never Flores' fault. I don't know. Interesting situation for Miami. I don't, I don't know, really know where they go next. Yeah, they got to uh, figure it out. It's weird that Watson would prefer Miami. I think Carolina is a better setup when McCaffrey gets back in those defensive pieces. Everything's rolling. Plus, he went to Clemson. So I feel like the ties are kind of uh, everything's in that Carolina area for Deshaun Watson to take over. Uh, there but yeah I wouldn't give it up um I would probably give up on Brian Flores he really hasn't been it it's kind of taking a huge step back but I mean we'll sit back and see where they go the trade deadline's coming up I believe it's November 2nd they got like seven days six days five days to uh yeah they said the Watson saga is uh heating up who knows if he'll even be able to play if you trade for him he can play I've heard he's not going to go into the exempt list if he's traded so he will be uh if the Dolphins they could roll him out right away uh, if they wanted to, the Houston Texans are kind of just protecting their asset amid the uh, allegations, but it'll be interesting to see with a uh, little less than a week to go in that um, kind of, yeah, let's just wrap it up. Let's slide into our week seven uh, spread picks. We got a new guy at the top of the uh, leaderboard, 10 and two week, uh, pretty glitchy on the standings kind of came out like a Vegas snipe, it's <laughs> pretty much everything correctly i don't know dude the texans they look good early on and i was like damn like the 17.5 looks good um obviously i was wrong i struggled five and seven john seven and five so uh, you get a nice little what is it four game lead at the top after this week uh, me and john both sit 48 51 and one so yeah it was a good week it's kind of i think it's like four weeks in a row where somebody goes off and the other two guys kind of just stay and uh neutral any uh yeah i mean obviously the pan i don't even know why i'm asking any games are you upset about you only have two games that really weren't i mean i guess you could say yeah the panthers and saints hypothetically you could have been going for a 12 and a week i think i have a couple more uh complaints on the docket than you would <laughs> but uh yeah good week yeah uh those two games that i got wrong we already talked about the panthers are abysmal and the saints offense just needs to be better but yeah i can't complain 10 and 2 and uh, my main goal for the year is to be above even if it's just slightly above 500 and now i'm five games above 500 so we'll see i'm sure next week i'll go two and ten and it'll fall fall apart but we will see yeah um I mean, I don't even know where to start. Panthers, screw them. They're 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 <laughs> back to what we thought they were. The Chiefs really let me down. I'm done with the Chiefs. Sad part is they put the Giants next week, so it's like do I have to rebuy myself into the? <laughs> do I have to like get myself rebought into the Chiefs? Uh, Texans was a long shot. Just a lot of points. I don't know. Thought the Cardinals would maybe somehow lay an egg a little bit, still win, but not by that much. Um, yeah, and then Falcons kind of let me down too, man. Two and a half. They win by two. Ultimate. Vegas uh, scam, if I've ever uh, seen. That one. was a lucky one. <laughs> yeah, that was some. Uh, yeah, that was some old-fashioned bullshit. And then I don't know Broncos. I can't even be mad at the Broncos. They're the Broncos. I don't know why I sat back and actually trusted them. So uh, yeah, five and seven. We got work to do. We'll uh, we'll we'll pick it up. We'll get it back together going into a uh, week eight. 
and hopefully get ourselves back to the top. It was a nice little two week run at the top, but you know I mean? This thing, it's going to happen like this. This is the, uh, this is the fun of uh, picking every game each week against the uh, spread to see how we can do. Any really uh, wrap up thoughts as we kind of close this up? Um, last comment. I think it's funny that you're like, screw the chiefs, the minus five. You thought they could just get it done because of the Mahomes magic in the past. I learned that two weeks before when it was the Sunday night game against the Bills. I said, they'll just get it done because of the Mahomes magic. There's no magic left. Yeah, they uh, yeah, they sucked up all the magic the past two years to make the Super Bowl. So I don't I don't even know, dude. I might go crazy and take the Giants plus 10. I think that's the line uh, early look into a uh, week eight. We'll see how that uh how that all unravels. But uh, yeah, that's going to be a wrap for uh, today's show. I want to thank everybody for listening. Please like, subscribe, and comment if you have any suggestions as we'd love to hear your uh, feedback on what we can do to improve. As always, the Spotify link will be posted in the description if you're an audio-only listener. And uh, yeah, that's a wrap for this one. We'll see you either uh, Wednesday or uh, Thursday with the uh, week eight preview as we kind of move forward to the midway point of the NFL season. Uh, Y'all have a good one.